Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and I'm here with my good buddy, Scott Tudor, as we go back to the world of wrestling for our Fantasy Wrestling Booking Podcast. See, Scott and I and our our friend Christian Miscagney, we had a fantasy booking draft a few months ago where we would book our celebrity matches from wrestlers from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And now we're actually going to the podcast to bring you some action from my federation, which was the Wilson Wrestling Federation, also known as WWF. Of course, this is all fake and everything, so please do not sue us because we're not doing it for profit. But that being said... Talking fantasy wrestling is a great pastime for a lot of hardcore wrestling fans. It's fun to think about all the matchups back in the day and matchups that didn't happen and how you would book it. So, Scott, thanks so much for coming on for our first fantasy wrestling podcast. All right, Ben. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, excited about this, and I have enjoyed making some fantasy bookings myself. Yeah, I appreciate it. So this episode is going to focus on our SummerSlam pay-per-view and it's going to be from the campus of murray state university where scott and i went to college back in the late 90s at the packed racer arena which back in the day was a 5,000 seat wrestling arena or a basketball arena that let me tell you scott you know as well as i do there was not much more of intensity in a sports arena than what we saw at racer arena back in the day with those murray state basketball teams that's absolutely right, Ben. And if you look back at the old, uh, I think Sports Illustrated did rankings of the top 10 hardest places to play. And Racer Arena was in there uh, most of the time for for home basketball games. And one of the things about Racer Arena is the fans were like looking down right on the players. So it was very intimidating and just a great venue for a, an old school wrestling match. That's exactly so, right. That, that gym would be perfect for that. Absolutely. Plus, you and I could walk from Hart Hall to the, to the facility. That's it. So what we're going to do is we've broken down our fantasy uh, SummerSlam here into day one and day two. Day one are singles matches and day two are tag team matches. So just to kind of give you some background on our teams, we don't I didn't have every wrestler available to me on my team. So there are some big time names that are not on my roster that will not be in this. Uh, this matchup that includes The Rock, it includes um, Andre the Giant, Big Van Vader, um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, uh, uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, a lot of those guys. So they will not be in here, but we've got a packed, packed lineup. We're kicking it off with our first match, which is going to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Nikolai Volkov, kind of our undercard match. Next, we're going to have Wildfire Tommy Rich versus Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, going back to the Classic feud they had in Georgia Championship Wrestling in the, the early 80s, like 82 and 83. You got gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious against Superfly Jimmy Snuka. You got Ray Mysterio versus Finn Balor. We're going back to one of the, the more famous no-sell matches of all time, Bruiser Brody versus the total package Lex Luger. Looking forward to that because, as most great wrestling fans know, that was the match where Brody just wouldn't sell. He was upset with the Booker. It just wasn't his day. And he wouldn't sell any of the kicks or punches that Luger threw. And Luger just climbed out of the cage and was like, I'm done with this. So we're going to have a rematch and see what happens. 
Next, we're going with Chris Jericho against Adam Cole for my TV title. I, um, in my booking, we had a TV title tournament. It was originally won by Adam Cole with some great, great matches. Adam Cole, we feel, is one of the, the most electrifying, dynamic, smaller wrestlers out there. He's just great in NXT. And we had a faction with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and um, Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong paired up with Jericho to be the Judas effect. And, of course, Jericho was pompous and cocky and wanted to be the star. But the bottom line is Jericho, he won some big matches, but he didn't win the U.S. title. He didn't win the, uh, the championship title. And Adam Cole didn't. These guys just got fed up with it. So they disbanded from the, the Judas effect. And now we have a payoff match between Jericho and Adam Cole for the TV title. Next, we're going to have a triple threat match with some of the great te greatest technicians of all time for our United States title. And uh, we've had a tournament, and these guys came out as the top three guys. You got AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Scott, that is going to be a classic. This is actually probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. I love all three of those guys. They've all, they're all three very athletic and uh, high-paced wrestlers, and they can go for a long time. So th this should yeah. be a good one. Yeah. Our next match is a battle of the stunners. Kevin Owens challenging Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who has the best stunner? Austin's coming into this match. He's ticked off at Kevin Owens because he stole the stunner. He didn't get his Austin's permission. And he's like, hey, you're trying to ride my coat This is one of the most important wrestlers of all time. So we're going to see what happens between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. And our last match is going to be Kerry Von Erich, our WWF. World heavyweight champion because I'm a Kerry Von Eric Mark. After he won, after he won the championship in a battle at the, our Royal Rumble versus Jerry the King Lawler in one of the great feuds of the late '80s. Scott, this is one where you and I were heavily involved in this as fans. Where you grew up with Lawler, uh, I grew up watching Kerry. It was just a, a great matchup. So we have diverted interest in this. But what's your what's your take on this upcoming match with Kerry and Jerry Lawler? I think it'll be a very good uh, match. I think it'll draw a lot of fans, uh, just like it did back in the 80s. Uh, yep. Two federations uh, going against each other, all uh, basically under the, the uh, what, the NWA umbrella. And uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be great. I think it'll yeah. be good to go. And the big conflict going into this match is Jerry Lawler, who loves the ladies, <laughs> has a relationship now with Carrie's daughter, Lacey Von Eric. And Lacey has turned on the Von Eric family. I mean, it's just a complete embarrassment to Carrie and Kevin. You can't believe it. So Lacey has gotten involved a few times, and Lawler's gotten a few pins before Carrie won the title. So we're going to see is Lacey going to cost her dad the title, or is she going to turn from her wicked ways? We shall see. So those are the matches going into this. SummerSlam on day one. After we go through day one, we're going to take a break and go to day two, which is our tag team division. We're going to kick that off with Rock and Roll Express versus the dynamic duo of Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. Love this matchup. One of the greatest baby faces of all time with Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson versus two of the best and most underrated heels, in my opinion, in Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. Match two will be the Fantastics versus Power and Glory of Paul Roma and Hercules. Next, we're going to have our TV tag titles 
with the champions, the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, going against one of my favorite teams, Doom, in a battle of just four guys that just know how to fight, and it, it's going to be a heck of a matchup. What do you say on that one, Scott? Four powerhouses going at it with all being uh, super athletic. Uh, you know, Doom has a history of street fights and, and rough cage matches and things like that and brawls with big teams like the Steiners and the Road Warriors and the Horsemen. I'm I'm excited about this one. Sheamus and uh, Cesaro are, are a modern-day power team. This ought to be a, a real good ma- uh, matchup. I like the matchup. Yeah, and of course, Sheamus and Cesaro are in, in singles right now, but, I mean, they were just great as the bar, so that's why I had them drafted as the bar in my fantasy draft. Now, on this one, you know, you got Doom with Woman and you got Doom with Teddy Long. I, mean, I like both of them, but I'm going to go with Woman being the manager of Doom in this matchup. I, I always liked that, and I thought um, Woman was just a, a great, great character and a great heel manager. Not that Taylor wasn't, but I mean, I was just a big fan of Woman. I agree because it all it gives you something to look at, and Woman's a little bit more vicious than Teddy Long. Exactly. All right, next matchup, Scott. This one's not going to be a beauty contest. Going to have the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Dick Murdoch, longtime tag team partners, versus Terry Funk and Mankind. Whew. In the words of Jim Ross, that is going to be a slobber knock. That will be a knockdown, dragout fight. Uh, to quote another earlier gentleman by the name of Gorilla Monsoon, this will be a Pier Six brawl. And because of that, we're definitely making that no disqualification. Absolutely. Uh, the only way that one could even happen. <laughs> Yep. So next we're going to have a woman's match because we did include both men and women wrestlers in our draft. Uh, new tag team, new faction here, the beautiful people, which actually they were in, what was it, TNA, Scott? That is correct. That was the one with Lacey Von Erich. And she's involved with Jerry the King Lawler here. We're going to have a new version of the beautiful people. Trish Stratus, Mandy Rose, Beth Phoenix, and Tori Wilson with manager Stacy Keebler versus the four horsewomen of Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Wendy Richter with special guest manager Scott Tudor. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Next, we're going to our United States tag title match. The champions are the Midnight Express, the version of beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane with Jim Cornette, taking on the Road Warriors with precious Paul Ellering and our original U.S. tag titles. Uh, t- U.S. tag title champions were... Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson in a great tournament where they ended up beating the Midnight Express and had some feuds with them. Just great matches there, and they had some great matches back in the late 80s in WA. But we also had a faction of the Horsemen where I originally didn't have Ric Flair, and there were some shenanigans as to how I didn't end up with Flair from one of our colleagues, and all in good fun, though. But my four Horsemen was Helene Arn, Barry Windham, and Kurt Henning. Well, just like happened in WCW in the 90s, Kurt Henning has turned on the horse and he cost Tully and Arn that U.S. tag title match. So we got some heat between those guys, and that's why your, your U.S. tag title champions are the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Next, we have our W. Wilson Wrestling Federation tag title match versus with the fabulous Freebirds, the champions, being held by Michael Hayes and Terry Bam Bam Gordy is I'm a Freebird Mark versus the New Day. And it's going to be Biggie and Kobe Kingston with Xavier Woods on the outside 
along with Buddy Roberts being on the outside for the Freebirds. And the Freebirds won that title actually in surprising fashion. They had a in the tournament, they were in with the Road Warriors, and it was a best two out of three. The Road Warriors surprised the Freebirds, got an early, early pin. Terry Bam Bam Gordy went off with the chairs. He beat up Hawk and Animal and got a pin. And then they squeaked out a win against the Road Warriors in our, my first pay-per-view, and they've been the, uh, the champions ever since. So great factions going at it for the World Tag Team title. What do you say about that one, Scott? <clears throat> That one will be uh, one of my favorites, and I like the the uh, combination of Xavier Woods being outside with Buddy Roberts. Uh, of course, they're going to play a, a huge factor uh, in that match. So it's basically almost like a three-on-three, three, the way that match is set up. So I'm very excited about that. Yep. I'm looking forward to it, too. And the next match, we got the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner, with manager Scott Tudor because he is a Steiner mark. Versus a unique tag team that would just be amazing if it happened in the real world. And that's why we have it as part of fantasy booking. Sid Vicious and Brock Lesnar with manager Paul Heyman. You got four of the toughest wrestlers ever in that. Well, some would argue maybe Sid Vicious isn't based on his fight with Arn Anderson. But, I mean, you got some real powerhouses going at it right there. I love the combination of uh, Lesnar and Vicious. That would be especially if you could take Vicious from the, the early 90s with a uh, Lesnar from probably around 2005, 2004, whatever it was. Uh, those two guys together would be just dominant. That would be a great tag team. Plus, if this match were to actually happen, I mean, you've got the amateur wrestling background of Rick and Scott Steiner against Brock Lesnar, which I think would be really cool to see in the ring. Oh, absolutely. So, all right. In our last match, we're not going to give it all away, but the four horsemen of Ric Flair, who has reconciled with Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and Barry Windham, along with J.J. Dillon, are going to try to get their revenge on Kurt Henning. We don't know who Kurt Henning's partners are going to be, so it's all going to be a big surprise. But stay tuned, and you'll find out, and it's going to be a great, great matchup. So let's go ahead and get started with our first matchup. Wait a second. Also, Eddie Gilbert is furious about this, he has not been included on the card for SummerSlam. And he, it's ridiculous. He and Missy Hyde are coming out. They're stirring up the crowd. I mean, Missy Hyde is all over the crowd because she is the first lady of professional wrestling. How could she and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert not be included on SummerSlam? This is a disgrace. Eddie Gilbert is irate, and he demands a match right now. And he's not going to leave the ring unless he gets a, a match. So we got to find somebody to come out and challenge Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Who's it going to be? Well, let's find out. It's the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Elizabeth. Wow, man, what a surprise. Man, I tell you what, the Macho Man Randy Savage, one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest intros ever, and we got a battle of two of the great just energy, high-energy guys and two of the most important wrestling valets in the 80s when you have Miss Elizabeth and Missy Hyatt. So, Scott, what, what's your take on this match? 
This is going to be a high-energy match. This is going to be two hotheads going at it. Macho Man's known for his temper, and Eddie Gilbert is known for his temper. This ought to be a a classic. Absolutely, and and Eddie Gilbert and Missy, they are upset. They are upset. I mean, they're going nose-to-nose right now. Missy Hyatt's talking trash to Elizabeth. Of course, uh, the Macho Man's stepping in, trying to protect Elizabeth. And hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. I mean, he and the Macho Man are going nose to nose here. It is pandemonium. The referee Earl Hebner is trying to break up the match, break up the guys. And now, here we go with a matchup of the Macho Man versus Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. I've called an elbow tie up with Eddie Gilbert and the Macho Man. Macho Man pushes him off. Two lock up again. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert rakes the eyes of the Macho Man. Punch gets a headlock, punches him in the throat with a with a thumb. He's kicking him. He's kicking him. Oh, my gosh. He's trying to get the, the advantage on the Macho Man. He puts him in the ropes. Macho Man reverses it. Clothesline takes down Eddie Gilbert. Macho Man comes, hits another clothesline. Eddie Gilbert's all frustrated. He gets out of the ring, and Missy Hyatt consoles him. Oh, me. Eddie Gilbert is just, he is confused right now. He is frustrated. Missy Hyatt's talking trash to the Macho Man. and Macho Man goes after Missy Hyatt, or after Eddie Gilbert. Missy Hyatt steps in to buy some time. So anyway, then Gilbert hops into the ring. The Macho Man tries to get in. Eddie Gilbert stomps the Macho Man, uh, hits him again with a thumb to the throat, starts pounding on him and pounding on him. He puts him into the turnbuckle. Macho Man reverses. Eddie Gilbert reverses again, runs in, boot to the face from the Macho Man, picks up Eddie Gilbert for a slam, stomps him again. He's going up to the top, Scott. The Macho Man's going up to the top. He comes down with a flying elbow for the one, two. Wait a second. Missy Hyatt pulls him out of the ring, pulls some macho man out of the ring. What What a snake. She and has this saved is the it. advantage. This is the advantage for Eddie Gilbert because Missy Hyatt's been there, done that. She will get involved. Exactly. The macho man is furious. He's pointing that finger at Missy Hyatt. <clears throat> Can't believe it. Wait a second. Gilbert comes off the top, off the, the side, with a double axe handle on the macho man. He's using the macho man's own move against him. Takes down the Macho Man, throws him into the side, starts kicking him again, throws him back into the ring. Macho, uh, Eddie Gilbert comes in, tries to hit the DET. Savage pushes him away, kick, kick to the gut, hits him with a, a suplex, and stomps him again. Hits another elbow and another elbow. Goes for the pin. Gilbert counts out, uh, kicks out at two. Fast-paced action here. Macho Man goes in. It's the running lariat with the left hand to take down Eddie Gilbert. He's going up again. Wait a second. Um, Missy Hyatt, she's going to try to interfere again. Wait a second. But Elizabeth pulls her down. She pushes Missy Hyatt down. She comes to the aid of the Macho Man. The Macho Man comes off the top rope with a flying elbow for the one, two, three. The Macho Man is your winner in our first match. Wow. What an unexpected unexpected interference by Miss Elizabeth. She's usually got more class than that, but she was taken up for her man. Absolutely. She could only take so much. She's a fellow Kentucky native just like you and I are. Wow. So what a surprise to, for the Macho Man to kick off SummerSlam. I don't know that it gets a whole lot more exciting than that, Scott. I have to agree with you. What a what a exciting match with a surprise uh, interference from Elizabeth. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. The other thing, too, I was just doing all that call. Just nothing written down just for the heck of it. So. Hopefully, my commentary was halfway decent. All right. Next. Wait a second. 
Howard Finkel comes and he requests everyone to please rise as our next competitor, Mr. Nikolai Volkov, requests everyone to please stand while he sings the Russian national anthem. The folks in Murray are not happy about this. This is Bible Belt area. This is patriotic area. They are booing Nikolai Volkov. I mean, the singing is horrible, Scott. I mean, just horrible. What, what's your take on Nikolai's singing here? This is the typical Volkov entrance, beginning of a match. He gets the crowd riled up by uh, ticking them off with the uh, Russian national anthem. There's no way this guy could ever be a face. I know. Wait, who's that coming down the aisle? It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho oh, with a two-by-four. He's running after. He runs into the ring. He takes his two-by-four. He hits Nikolai Volkov in the back. What a lousy move. I mean, what about he's supposed to be a stand-up guy. He's hitting Nikolai Volkov in the back with a two-by-four. The match hasn't even started. Nikolai runs out of the ring, and Duggan's going after him with that two-by-four. He swings and tries to hit Nikolai. He ducks, and, oh, man, Duggan hits the two-by-four at the ring post. That is going to leave a, a sting on his hands. And Nikolai comes in. He runs Duggan into the pole. Starts beating on him. He throws Duggan in. Tries to go for a, a clothesline. Nails Duggan with the clothesline. Goes for a power slam. Hits Duggan with a power slam and goes for the count. One, two. Wait a second. Duggan kicks out. The fans go are going nuts. So Nikolai goes in. He swings Duggan into the turnbuckle. Goes in for a splash. Duggan moves. He clotheslines Nikolai Volkov down to the ground. He picks up Volkov for a body slam. Gets down on his all fours for a uh, football tackle, shoulder to the to Nikolai Volkov, taking him down. Another shoulder tackle. Nikolai is a uh, he's a uh, groggy. He's he's struggling. He doesn't know where he is. Here comes Duggan with a big clothesline. Then he picks up Nikolai Volkov, puts him on the shoulder for a running power slam for the one, two, three. The crowd goes nuts. Hacksaw Jim Duggan wins over Nikolai Volkov. He goes and gets a flag with a big hoe for the fans and swings that. United States flag to the delight of the crowd. So Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes over Nikolai Volkov. And in this one, we're all winners because Duggan cut Volkov's terrible singing off early. Exactly. So, all right. So we got two exciting matches here. The Macho Man wins and Hacksaw Jim Duggan wins. The fans are going bananas in the words of the great Gorilla Monsoon. All right. Next matchup, we're going back to the early 80s, Wildfire Tommy Rich versus Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. One thing I forgot to mention in our matches that a lot of times doesn't happen in modern wrestling, which I think kind of gets under my skin a little bit. We have definite faces and definite heels in our matches. Now, unless it's like a classic matchup, like, you know, sometimes you may have it where, hey, some people are rooting for The Rock, some people are rooting for Stone Cold and stuff like that. But I just like it when the booking is you've got a definite heel and a definite face. What do you say about that, Scott? I agree. That's the element of the old days that I miss where you had the definite good guy versus the definite bad guy. And still, some people still cheered for the bad guy. I mean, that was that was cool to do, and that, that made it a lot more fun, and, and uh, it just gave a better direction for the story. Typical storytelling was better back then. Yeah. So we're starting this match with Wildfire Tommy Rich coming to the ring. He is one. He was one of the biggest baby faces in the early '80s. I mean, just he was on fire. I mean, great passion. I mean, he's the the first one I really remember from the old Georgia Championship Wrestling. He had that great blonde hair, 
And Tommy, I think, was only like 20 or 21 when he had those early runs. Former NWA world champion for basically it's like about a week, I think, like eight days or something. Well, I think Harley Race may, may have taken a little vacation or something. But, right. I mean, Tommy Rich was completely over in the early 80s. And that dog, Bud Sawyer, I mean, when you think heel, there's nobody who's much more of a heel, both as a wrestler and in real life than Buzz Sawyer. I mean, he was not a nice guy. He was one that did like training for The Undertaker when he was mean Mark Callis and uh, I'm sorry, just actually just Mark Calloway in Texas and stiff The Undertaker for, for training. So not a nice guy at all. And of course, Sawyer's coming to the ring. He's got his dog chain on with um, the collar and I mean the crowd is all over mad dog buzz Sawyer because they love wildfire Tommy Rich so referee Tommy Young rings the bell and here we go matchup of Tommy Rich and mad dog buzz Sawyer collar and elbow tie up they push each other away another collar and elbow tie up buzz Sawyer's strong the stronger of the two he backs Tommy Rich in is he going to give a free uh a clean break? Absolutely not. He punches Rich right in the face, punches him again, kicks to the stomach. Finally, Tommy Young gets involved and pushes Sawyer away. Sawyer is definitely the heel in this matchup. What a lousy guy. Well, no so one should have expected a clean break on that one. Absolutely. So he goes back in, stomped to the gut of Tommy Rich, beaten down on Tommy Rich. He sends him into the, uh, the ropes, hits an elbow, takes Rich down to the ground, follows up with an elbow, goes for the pin. One, two, Rich kicks out at two. Sawyer grabs a headlock and, and chip, converts it into a chin lock. Tommy Rich is trying is selling it for sure. I tell you, when you're as strong as Buzz Sawyer, that does not feel good on Tommy Rich for sure. The crowd's getting behind Rich. They're chanting, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. He, he gets up. He's, the crowd's helping him get up. He hits the elbows to the, some elbows to the gut of Buzz Sawyer. Sawyer takes another elbow to the gut and another one. And Tommy, he breaks the hole. Tommy Rich starts punching Buzz Sawyer. He keeps punching him again. Elbow to the head. Another elbow to the head. He sends Sawyer into the ropes. Uh, Sawyer reverses. Rich reverses. Rich hits a drop kick. He sends Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer out of the ring. Sawyer's frustrated. Rich goes out after him. Hits him with some more punches to the face. Elbows. He sends um, Sawyer into the, the turnbuckle or into the post. Man, Sawyer hits hard. He is busted open. My gosh. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer is busted open. Tommy Rich is going right after him. Punches left and right. He throws Sawyer into the ring. He goes and hits the elbow. Goes for the pin. One, two. Sawyer kicks out. Rich puts, <clears throat> puts Sawyer in, uh, to the ropes again. Sawyer reverses. He throws Rich into Tommy Young. He knocks the referee down. Rich can't believe it. He goes back on Sawyer, though. He's beating him down. He sends him into the ropes. He comes off and hits the Luthez press. He goes for the pin on Sawyer. One, two, three. Tommy Young is still out of it. Rich has won this match. Four, five, six. He's still, he still has not won this match because Tommy Young is distracted. He is knocked out. So Somebody better off. get some help out here for Tommy Young. I know. Rich goes over. He tries to, to uh, console Tommy Young and revive him. Sawyer comes in, hits him with a chain, hits him with that dog chain, and just knocks Tommy Rich out. Rich is busted open. Sawyer takes that chain. He's just hammering on Tommy Rich, just hammering on him. He goes up to the top. Sawyer does. Comes off the top turnbuckle. Hits the mad dog flying splash on Tommy Rich. All of a sudden, Tommy Young is revived, and he counts for the one, two, three. Sawyer gets the win here. 
after the chains to Tommy Rich's head. The crowd is insane. They are so upset. Sawyer wins by nefarious means, and Scott, I wouldn't expect anything different. No one should expect anything different from the Mad Dog. No gimmicks needed there. When that man steps in the ring, it's all business. Rich can't believe it. He's knocked out. He's just, he's finally coming to. I mean, he doesn't realize what's happened. He sees the blood, and now Tommy Young tells him what's happened. He is furious. Sawyer's going back to the dressing room. He's taunting the crowd. Wait a second. Rich comes back, and he starts fighting with Sawyer. Rich and Sawyer are battling tooth and nail. They're going back into the dressing room. This action is hot and heavy, and, folks, that's how we're ending the match. Wow. Tommy Rich is looking to get some revenge. We got to get somebody back in the, the dressing room to try to see what's going on here. So that match that, will take place again on next week's uh, television show. Yeah. 605 on TBS. All right. Wild match. We, we had to put a heel over, though. So Buzz Sawyer gets the early advantage on Wildfire Tommy Rich. Okay. Our next matchup. Coming to the ring. Boy, look at all these feather boas and everything. Who is it? And this gorgeous woman is precious and gorgeous. Jimmy Garvin coming down. Precious is spraying with hairspray and air freshener because, frankly, they think that these Murray fans are just trash. They stink, and they're just not good enough for the gorgeous one, Jimmy Garvin and Precious. They're one of the free the birds. One of the free birds. Yep. Of course, before that, he has a very successful single as Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Back in the day, I know he had a big run um, with David Von Erich in World Class and a uh, big run in AWA. Of course, in NWA, he had some runs against uh, Ric Flair when Flair had an interest in Precious. Yep. So we got Jimmy Garvin coming down as the heel. And who is his, match, his uh, matchup going to be with? Here he comes, the Superfly Jimmy Snuka. The That's crowd is going fly. nuts. The crowd is going nuts. You can recognize that guy from a mile away with that head of hair. Here comes the Superfly. No intro music needed because he didn't need it. They all knew who the Superfly was, one of the most important early wrestlers in the WWE in that rock and wrestling era. Coming to the ring, and he's pointing his finger at Jimmy Garvin, and Jimmy Garvin's pointing his finger back. They're getting nose to nose. Jimmy Garvin doesn't think that Snooker deserves to be in the ring with the gorgeous one. Snooker pushes Garvin. Garvin pushes back. We got a pandemonium going on here. They start trading punches. Snooker gets the edge, though. He knocks Jimmy Garvin down and throws him out. We don't even have the match started here. Holy cow, what kind of nonsense is, is going to happen in this match? Precious consoles Jimmy Garvin. Finally, the ring bell goes, and here comes the Superfly out after Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin runs around the ring trying to get away from Snooker. He hops into the ring. Snooker goes in after him. Garvin starts stomping down Snooker right away with boots to the, to the face and boots to the head. He's pounding him down, kicking him down. He sends him into the rope, hits a high running knee to take the Superfly down. He goes for a quick pin, but Jimmy Snooker is way too strong to get pinned that early. And he kicks out after only a one count. Garvin rakes the eyes, keeps the pressure on Jimmy Snooker with a headlock. Snooker throws him into the ropes, throws him off. Goes down, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garvin hops over him, Superfly jumps up, and he hits a big chop on Jimmy Garvin, sending him to the ground. Garvin gets up, and another big chop from Jimmy Superfly Snooker. He gets up again, Snooker hits a big uh, body slam in off the rope with a flying headbutt. He goes for a pin on Jimmy Garvin. Garvin gets out at out two. Garvin gets out of the ring, 
because Superfly definitely has the momentum and Precious is there to console him. She's rubbing his head because, let me tell you, if you get a headbutt from Jimmy Superfly Snooker, that is not going to feel well at all, Scott. That's the advantage that Snooker comes in. It's hard to study a guy like that because he's so unorthodox and so unpredictable. So Snooker's wanting to go back after Jimmy Garvin. Garvin's telling the referee, Nick Patrick, uh, hold him back. He needs to get back in the ring. So Nick Patrick does that, controls Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Garvin gets back in the ring. Kicks Jimmy Superfly Snooker right in the gut again. Breaks the eyes. Breaks the eyes again. Hits him with a big body slam. Comes off the rope. Drops the knee. Goes for a pin. One, two. Snooker kicks out. Garvin comes in. Keeps the punches going. He uh, gets a headlock on and a chin lock. Takes Superfly Snooker to the ground. I tell you what, when you're facing Jimmy Superfly Snooker, keeping him on the ground is definitely the smart way to go. Don't you think, Scott? I agree 100%. So Garvin's trying to keep the pressure down. Snook actually rolls him over, uh, goes for a pin. Garvin's shoulders are down, but he rolls back over for a two count. Snooker tries to do it again. Garvin rolls back over. So Garvin gets up. Snooker throws him off the ropes, goes um, and misses a clothesline. Garvin comes off with uh, the flying uh, the flying knee. Snooker takes a knee to the face, rolls out of the ring, and Precious Sprays Jimmy Snooker in the face with the aerosol. Unbelievable. What a minx. She is uh, always a factor. That's why Jimmy Garvin's had a lot of the success that he's had lately. So Garvin goes goes out. Snooker's blinded for a little bit. He picks him up, hits him with a body slam right on the floor. That cannot feel good at all. He comes down and he goes to hit hit him with the chair. But Snooker ducks. Oh, man, Snooker. Garvin misses. Snooker comes out with a big chop and a headbutt and another headbutt. Jimmy Garvin, um, excuse me, Jimmy Garvin is groggy from the headbutts. Snooker sends him in and tries to get back in the ring. Precious grabs his leg. Snooker can't get in, and Garvin hits uh, Snooker with a running knee that knocks him to the floor. I'm telling you, Precious is earning her pay here for her man. Unbelievable. So Garvin goes back out. He's beating up Snooker. Now he's holding Snooker. He's telling Precious, spray him again, spray him again. Precious goes to spray the aerosol. Snooker ducks, and he hits Jimmy Garvin. Garvin's blinded. Snooker then takes Jimmy Jimmy Garvin, rolls him into the ring, comes up, hits the body slam. He's going up top. The superfly's going up top. He comes up to the top, and he comes off with a flying superfly. Snooker splash on Jimmy Garvin for the one, two, three. Jimmy, superfly, Snooker is your winner over gorgeous Jimmy Garvin which is, that's how it should be. Cheaters should never win. Isn't that right, Scott? That's exactly right. But you can tell Precious is a savvy businesswoman. She knows if her man wins, they bring home more money. Absolutely. Precious can't believe it. She is distraught outside. And she comes in to console Jimmy Garvin, who is still reeling the after effects of being sprayed in the face with the aerosol. But Snooker comes out to the applause of the fans, and he heads back as your winner. Jimmy Superfly Snooker over gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. All right. Well, I tell you what, I've done four matches here. It takes a lot of energy to, to do a call on wrestling. Especially an imaginary one. It would be easier if we were actually watching the action. I know. I'm just kind of doing this, all, like I said, all in my mind. <laughs> talent. Pure talent. Yeah. Well, I can't be much worse than uh, Adnan Verk, the current uh, new announcer for WWE on Raw. Woo. Wow. 
I kind of feel sorry for that guy because, I mean, I didn't think Tom Phillips was that bad of an announcer. I mean, you know, he's not to the level that uh, Jim Ross was back in the day. Or, you know, I still think Tony Schiavone is a great announcer. And, of course, Gorilla Monsoon. And Vince McMahon was great. But, you know, they brought in Adnan Verk from ESPN. And I just don't think he really knows that much about wrestling. I mean, he doesn't know the moves as well. And he has no passion. I mean, you've got to have some passion as a wrestling announcer. Right. That's exactly right. And that you have hit the nail on the head. That's what it seems like. I mean, Corey Graves is really having to cover for 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 him a lot. And I, I will give Saxton some props. I think he's done pretty good, but I don't know how long they can stick with Adnan Burke. I know the new director of um, WWE's talent department, I think his name is Nick Kahn, is a former agent, and Adnan Burke was his client after he left ESPN. So I guess he's got a little bit of a leeway, but I know the fans aren't happy with him at all. But before we go into our next match, because we've had it hot and heavy here, what's your take on um, Pat McAfee as the new color guy on SmackDown? Uh, I mean, he's okay. I, I haven't been keeping up with SmackDown very much. If I watch any at all, uh, you know, and admittedly, I haven't been watching like I was, but if I watch any at all, it's typically Raw. And uh, AEW, I, I almost never wear, uh, watched SmackDown. Even when I was uh, following it closely, mm-hmm. I almost never watched it. I yeah. do like Pat McAfee, though. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good heel announcer, but you know, he's just having to grow into it. So we'll, we'll see how it happens. But at the end of the day, if someone tells me I did worse than Adnan Burke, I'm just going to have to hang it up, Scott. We'll have to hang <laughs> it up. All right, next matchup against two of the more technically sound wrestlers in, in our, our generation. And that's Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor. And you know, the thing with Finn Balor is people forget how, except for the really, really diehard wrestling fans, how great he was in, um, in Japan as part of the bullet club. That's exactly right. And these two guys come with a lot of history and you just mentioned it. Uh, Balor coming from Japan. And of course, Mysterio has toured Japan. Uh, comes from Mexico and known from a, a great wrestling family. And Mysterio has been in every federation in America, practically from ECW, WCW and WWE. So mm-hmm. you're, the fans, the wrestling purists are going to be in for a treat because both of these guys are, are well technically sound and high flyers. So this ought to be a classic. Absolutely. So Finn Balor comes out. He's not coming out as the demon. He's just coming out as Finn Balor. He comes to the ring first and he is the heel. In this one, fans really are not that uh, into Finn Balor because at the end of the day, Rey Mysterio is one of the most popular wrestlers ever. So Rey gets a huge pop from the crowd as he comes out with his son, Dominic Mysterio. I know me as a fan, I'm not excited to see Dominic. But I Dominic, think has is- a long, Dominic has a long way to go to prove himself to this fan. I'm, I'm not sold on him yet. That's unfortunate for his father because I am a fan of, of Rey Jr. Yep. So, like we mentioned off the air, I mean, Bobby Roode and um, Dolph Ziggler, they need to get a contract extension and some heavy pay increase for having to put over Dominic. But I think the big thing with Dominic on the heat side is he's just coming up to the main roster so early. He hasn't really trained, to my knowledge, that much in the the power plant or definitely NXT, and so that's what makes it kind of hard. And he's he's just not very muscle-bound or anything. But he's getting better. I will give him props for that. So we'll see. 
how is he going to be able to help his dad in this matchup with Finn Balor? Because let me tell you, Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor is going to be a classic. And here we go. Collar and elbow tie-up. Balor's the stronger of the two. Pushes Mysterio into the corner. Gives a clean break. Surprising for Balor to do that. He and Mysterio lock up again. Balor puts him in a headlock. Mysterio pushes him off the ropes. Hits the deck. Balor comes down. Comes down on Mysterio with a shoulder block. Taking, taking Mysterio down. Finn hits the ropes again. Goes for a clothesline. Mysterio ducks. Hits a drop kick on Balor. Hits another drop kick on Balor. Balor goes to the back. Balor's a little frustrated. His cobweb, he's got some cobwebs right now. So he's taking a few minutes. Mysterio gets a big pop from the crowd and Dominic is proud from what he's seeing from his dad. So no filling out process for these two. The action starts fast and furious. Exactly. Especially since I can't do a 30. Because in real life, these guys could easily go a good 20 or 30 minutes. But we got to keep it short here on the podcast. <laughs> All right. So they lock up again. Mysterio takes Balor down with an arm drag. Comes up, hits a drop kick on Balor. Hits another drop kick on Balor. Goes in for a, off the ropes, going for a flying press. Balor catches him, hits him down with a power slam. Balor stomps Mysterio repeatedly, repeatedly. Hits some elbows, goes for a pin. Mysterio kicks out at one. Balor grabs a, a chin lock. And then he comes down and he does his flying elbow to take a Mysterio down, goes for a pin. Ray kicks out at two. Balor. Goes back to the headlock. Then he's, uh, Mysterio throws him into the ropes. Mysterio comes off with a drop kick. What a drop kick by Ray Mysterio. Wow, he can really get up for being such a little guy. He takes Balor down. Hits him with another drop kick. Finn goes out of the ring. And he looks at Dominic Mysterio. Dominic is really doing nothing here. He's just applauding his dad. And Balor doesn't appreciate it at all. So he exchanges some words with Dominic. Then he gets back into the ring. He kicks Mysterio to the gut. Hits him with some punches and kicks. Puts uh, Mysterio into the ropes. Fantastic drop kick from Balor off the top rope. Another drop kick. He he sends Mysterio hard into the turnbuckle. I mean, Mysterio collapses to the ground. Balor comes, picks him up for a suplex, nails it. Goes up top, trying to hit his uh, coup de gras. He goes up. Mysterio rolls away. uh, Finn Balor rolls away. Comes back. Mysterio hits him with a running knee takes Balor down he goes and tries to hit a, another uh, drop kick Balor slaps it away he hits a running knee on Mysterio goes for the pin one two Mysterio kicks out action's going fast and furious so Mysterio locks up with Balor again Balor um, sends Mysterio into the ropes Mysterio uh, he uh, hits him with a drop kick sends Finn into the ropes he's then hits the 619. What a move by Mysterio. What coordination to hit the 619. He's going up to the top. Goes up for the big splash. Uh, Finn Balor moves. He hits a drop kick on, on Mysterio. He hits him with a running uh, boots to the, to the chest, right into the turnbuckle. Hits him with another one. He slams Rey Mysterio. He goes up to the top again for the coup de grace. And Dominic is trying to get involved. He's trying to save his dad. Balor just comes off the top rope, hits Dominic with a double axe handle. Uh, Ray gets up, tries to come over. Uh, Balor snaps Ray's head over the top rope. Goes, Ray goes to the ground. Finn Balor goes up, hits the coup de grace with a one, two, three. Finn Balor wins over Ray Mysterio in quite a battle 
And the bottom line is Dominic stuck his nose where he did, where it didn't belong. Mysterio should have never brought his son out to the ring. There was, I understand wanting to support your father, but Ray has, uh, Ray Jr. has wrestled so many matches without any assistance from anybody that that was the mistake. Yeah. Dominic feels horrible. He's coming in to console his, his dad, Ray Mysterio. Mysterio's like, he's okay. Um, but Finn Balor comes out as the winner and the fans are giving him a ton of boo. And then the, uh, Dominic and Ray embrace big applause from the fans as they walk out together. And we've still got more action down the road. I think between Ray Mysterio and Finn Balor. All right. Our next matchup, we have one of my favorite wrestlers, the total package, Lex Luger. He comes to the ring. My gosh, the women are going insane, Scott. I mean, they can't get enough of the total package Lex Luger. The women are going insane. He comes into the ring, does his pose. My mother's over there seeing it. She nearly faints. Million-dollar body, 10-cent talent. Oh, oh, no no love for Lex Luger. No love. I mean, he was a big-time champion. And who's his uh, matchup going to be with? One of the... Toughest SOBs in the world of professional wrestling, the late, great Bruiser Brody. Here he comes. King Kong Bruiser Brody. He does not need any music. He is old school. I mean, some of the bloodiest, most physical battles in the world of professional wrestling have involved Bruiser Brody. He's not the, he doesn't have the Lex Luger body, but he's strong as an ox and tough as nails. What a wild brawler. What a wild brawler this guy is. I mean, what a contrast between Bruiser Brody and Lex Luger. You got Luger who looks like a million dollars, and Bruiser is the guy who robbed you of your million dollars. That's exactly right. But we do have some history here. This is a rematch of the 1987 match between Bruiser Brody and Lex Luger, where Brody refused to sell for Lex Luger. Luger got concerned. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? And truthfully, Brody is Really one of the I mean, toughest guys. I mean, people did not want to mess with Bruiser Brody. So this is the infamous match where Lex Luger gets out of the ring, goes and just says, I've had enough of this. And Bruiser Brody never sold for him. Uh, so that, that's a shame. What's going to happen in this one? Because we've got some paying fans from Murray who are wanting to see some top-notch action. So let's see what happens. Here we go, collar and elbow type with Bruiser Brody and Lex Luger. Neither one of these guys gives an inch on the strength of They push each other off. Bruiser Brody's yelling at Luger with a huff, a huff, a huff. He's walking around, stomping around. He's a wild man. Goes back, ties up with Luger again, pushes him off again. Lex Luger goes back, ties up with Brody again. And this time, he pushes Brody off and gives a hose down to Brody. The fans are going nuts. Brody, Bruiser Brody is insulted. He does not think he should be showed up here at all. He comes back with a kick to the gut of Lex Luger and starts pounding on him, just pounding on him. Picks him These up with two water. guys are like two bulls in a field trying to establish dominance. Absolutely. He picks up Luger with one arm, just throws him down, just throws him down like a sack of sugar. Luger gets up. Brody goes after him, pushes him into the corner, knees him in the stomach, beats him down again. Tommy Young's trying to get control, trying to get control of Brody and just not going to happen. I mean, Bruiser is an animal here. Finally, Luger punches Brody. He goes back with his standard punches. He's the punch and the stomp, the punch and the stomp with the big loud yells. He sends Brody in. Brody reverses. 
He hits a boot to the face of Luger, sends Luger down. Brody goes for the pin. Luger kicks out at one. Brody comes up, starts pounding on Luger again, picks him up for a body slam. He goes for a running knee. Luger moves out of the way. He takes Brody down with a clothesline, then another running clothesline, then another. He picks up Brody, puts him down with a big power slam. He goes for the pin. One, two, Brody kicks out. Brody with a rake of the eyes on Luger, throws him out of the ring. Uh-oh. Outside of the ring is where Brody excels, Scott. That's so exactly right. He's a wild man brawler. If they kept it in the ring, Luger might have the advantage, but outside the ring, it's going to be all Bruiser Brody. Absolutely. He's going in. He's beating Lex Luger up. He sends him into the barricade, comes in, clotheslines Luger over the barricade, and Brody's going after him. He picks him up, drops Luger over the, the barricade right in the face. Oh, my gosh. Brody's dragging Luger in, slings him into the post. Luger hits back first. He goes in. Luger moves. Bruiser, Bruiser Brody hits the post hard. Matter of fact, he split his head open. Holy cow, Bruiser has split his head open. Luger nails him with a clothesline. He stomps on him. He stomps on him again. Finally, just gets on top of Brody and starts with the punches. He throws you knew him back. This one in. was going to get out of control. You knew this it one is. was going to be a brawl. Luger finally rolls Brody in on the nine count from the referee, goes for the pin on Brody. Brody kicks out at two. Luger kicks the pressure on. His punches, though, they're not having any effect on Brody. Brody is not selling at all. It's like he has his burst of energy again. He Luger's confused. What's going on? These punches from a 275-pound guy are having no effect on Bruiser Brody. Brody rakes the eyes. He starts beating on Luger. He sends him into the ropes. Hits the big boot. Comes down. Hits the... The running leg drop goes for the pin. One, two. Luger kicks out of two and a half. Unbelievable. Brody cannot believe it. He's the crowd is definitely behind Luger. I think I, was, I read lips there, Scott. I think Brody told Luger, you should stay down, kid. So Bruiser is getting hot. He sends Luger into the ropes, goes and hits him with another boot to the face. Luger goes down. Bruiser comes back with another leg drop, but Luger moves out of the way. Brody, Brody's groggy. Luger hits him with the clotheslines. Another clothesline. Brody's groggy again. And wait, Luger gets Brody up in the torture rack. Oh, my gosh. And he is, this is intense. He is going hard on Brody. I mean, there's some real heat going on there with Luger and Brody. I can't believe it. Luger has it in on Brody. Wait a second. Brody taps out. Brody taps out to the torture rack with Lex Luger. I, I never would see that coming. I cannot no believe way. it. That's hard Brody. to believe. Brody almost never has tapped out. Brody never gives up. This is a real fight. Now, after the ring, these guys are really going at it. This is a fight, Scott. This is a fat, just a fight. Unbelievable. Wrestlers are coming out. We're having to break it up. It's pandemonium. The cops are coming in. I don't think these Murray cops are going to have any luck with Luger and Brody. They're having to be separated. This is unbelievable. But Luger gets some type of revenge over Brody. This is not over at all. Scott. Not over by a long shot. These guys, Brody will come back for revenge. This will be a rematch. Absolutely. But Luger gets the win here at SummerSlam. The crowd goes nuts. The women are happy. So Lex Luger goes over Bruiser Brody. Now, of course, we know since this is fantasy wrestling, that's about the only way that that would happen. There's no way Brody would ever take a pin from Luger. No way Brody would ever let him go over. 
Yeah. So, but I just kind of thought that was shady for Brody to do. So I wanted to put Lex Luger over. Probably the wrestling purists don't like it, but hey, it's fantasy wrestling. All right. Next matchup. The TV title is on the line. We have Adam Cole, the champion, versus Chris Jericho for the TV title. Chris Jericho comes to the ring to the Judas effect. What a great song, by the way. I, I do think their band, um, their, that band's pretty good. Uh, Fozzie, I've been to some of their concerts. So. If I'm not mistaken, uh, they are coming to Chattanooga in uh, the upcoming months on their tour, which is fairly close close enough to go and go and watch them. Yeah, they're good. They're good. And um, you got Chris Jericho going against the prodigal son of Adam Cole who left the Judas effect and has been the TV champion. Now I will say that Cole has been a little cocky during his reigns. He was a champion and he went up against one of my personal favorites, the Brooklyn brawler and the brawler got the best of Adam Cole. One time he was too cocky. The brawler was the champion for a couple of months before finally Cole gets it back with outside interference from Roddy Strong and Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Cole went uh, into that match without studying his opponent. He didn't watch any film. He didn't train hard. He yeah. undersold the brawler. So he'd better be ready for Jericho tonight because, I mean, Jericho is one of the greatest wrestlers ever, great on the promo, um, and still doing it at 50. I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. So we're going to see what happens because Jericho can be a little pompous too. So we got some egos in this one, Scott. So here we go. The crowd's rooting for Jericho. They're big Jericho-holics here versus Adam Cole. So they lock up. Jericho definitely has the size and power advantage here. Puts Adam Cole into the corner, and he gives him a clean break. I'm a little surprised about that, dude. Even though Jericho's the face, I mean, he's no he's no uh, person who, uh, trying to, or who will avoid trying to take an advantage of a situation. So they lock up again. And wait a second. Cole rakes Jericho's eyes, and he hits some chops. Jericho retaliates with some chops. The crowd's going, woo, woo, in tribute to Ric Flair. They're trading chops, and these are hitting hard. Wow. I mean, they're really lighting up each other for sure. Cole rakes the eyes again. He hits a forearm on, on Jericho, sends Jericho into the ropes, hits a drop kick on Jericho, hits another drop kick, then he takes him down with an arm drag, puts Jericho in an arm bar. Jericho's a little frustrated here. Maybe had a little bit too much of the bubbly. You know, it, it looks like Jericho may not be in the best condition right now. It looks like back in the day he was really ripped. I think maybe he's been celebrating too much, Scott. I think that you're possibly right, and uh, Father Time is undefeated. I think he's finally catching up to the to the great one, Y2J. Yeah. On the other hand, the extra weight does give him a little bit of a stronger base, which would help him in the advantage with with an advantage on Adam Cole. Cole is ruthless on this, this, this headlock. He turns around, slaps Jericho in the face. He thinks that Jericho is beneath him. What an insult to Jericho. Jericho is furious. He goes in with Cole. Cole rakes the eyes again, smacks Jericho in the face. Jericho goes after him. Cole hip hops out of the ring. He's like, hey, come on, big boy. Come on, big boy. Cole is really getting under the skin of this crowd. They are yelling at him. Roddy Strong was yelling back with Cole. Cole definitely thinks that he's the better wrestler here. So Jericho goes out, 
chases after Cole. Cole comes back in the ring. Jericho hops in. Cole hits Jericho with some boots to the head, boots to the head, more chops, more chops. Sends Jericho into the ropes, hits him with a backdrop, then a drop kick. Goes for a pin on Jericho. One, two, Jericho kicks out. Cole hits the ropes again, running knee to the face of Jericho, takes him down, goes for a pin. One, two, Jericho kicks out. Cole keeps Jer the pressure on. Jericho refuses to give up. That's exactly. the wily veteran. Exactly. Cole sends Jericho into the ropes, misses a clothesline. Jericho comes out, hits him with a clothesline. Now Jericho's taking the boots to Adam Cole. He sends him into the ring, goes up for a drop kick. Cole holds the ropes. Jericho lands on his back. Cole hits another running knee on Jericho, goes for a pin, one, two. Jericho kicks out at two. Cole's getting frustrated. He's really landing some, some strong knees on Jericho. He goes in, hits him with a back suplex. Wow, and Jericho right on the back of his neck. He tells the fans that Jericho is finished. He is washed up. Cole That's needs to quit talking. He needs to capitalize. He needs to quit talking to the fans. Absolutely. Precious seconds being wasted right there on, on Jericho. Cole comes in. Jericho with a low blow. The referee didn't see a low blow on Adam Cole. He, and he hits, he hits him with a, a clothesline, takes him down. Wow. Jer, uh, Jericho goes for the pin on Cole. One, two, Cole kicks out. Then he comes, sends uh, Cole into the ropes. Big backdrop. And he, it's the code breaker on Cole. Wow, Cole's head snaps back. Jericho goes for the pin. One, two. Wait a second. Roddy Strong pulls Jericho out of the ring. He had that pin. He had the three. Now Roddy Strong is talking trash to Jericho. And Roddy Strong is running around the ring. Jericho goes after him. Cole recovers. He slides out of the ring for a flying shoulder tackle, taking Jericho down. Wow, what a move by Cole. Now Roddy Strong and Adam Cole are taking the boots to Jericho. They the slide advantage of the having ring. your buddy at, the, at ringside. Absolutely. The referee admonishes Roddy, Roddy Strong to stop. You know, he should really kick him out of the ring. I mean, this is a clear disadvantage. I can't believe the referee, Tommy Young, is not kicking out Roddy Strong. That's ridiculous. So Adam Cole keeps the advantage. He hits a, a snap suplex on Jericho, goes for the pin. Jericho kicks out at two. And a knee drop to the knees. He's going to the legs of Jericho, Scott. He's going to the legs of Jericho. Trying He's to really soften him up. Takes, takes him outside the ring, wraps his leg into the turnbuckle. Wow, Jericho's knee took a hard hit there. And now, oh my gosh, he's got a figure four on Jericho outside the ring. Jericho's in huge pain. The referee's counting five, one, two, three, four. Cole breaks it. He gets out. Then he gets back in the ring. He distracts Tommy Young in. Roddy Strong takes a chair and hits Jericho in the knee. Tommy Young didn't see it. Man, Jericho is really hobbled. So Cole comes over. He's trying to hit Jericho with a suplex. Wait a second. Jericho rolls him up in a small package. One, two. Cole kicks out. He hits another running knee on Jericho, takes him down. For the one, two, Jericho kicks out. Wow. What intestinal fortitude by Jericho kicking out of this. This is unbelievable. He just won't die. The legend won't die. The veteran so refuses to give up. He refuses to go down. And I tell you what, Cole is really frustrated here, Scott. He's really frustrated. He's going back at the crowd, telling them to shut up. The crowd's going back after him. Roddy Strong is trying to get the crowd to shut up, and they won't listen at all. So Cole anyway, should have learned his lesson earlier in the match. That cost him uh, – Jericho turned the tables earlier in the match because of that. 
Exactly. So Cole comes back. Wait a second. Jericho hits another code breaker on Cole, but the damage to Jericho's knee also hurts him. Both Cole and Jericho are down. The referee starts a count of one, two. Both men are out. Three, four, five. Neither man's getting up. Six. Finally, Cole and Jericho, they're starting to um, uh, get up. Seven, eight. Are they going to make it up? And both men make it up at nine. And now they're just trading punches. This is just man on man here. Punch punch being traded by Cole and Jericho left and right. This is turning into a real pure six ball, Scott. I would say that Cole is making a mistake trying to brawl with the larger Jericho. Exactly. So Cole sends Jericho in to the ropes. Roddy Strong hits Jericho in the back. Oh, man, Jericho goes down. Cole comes in and hits the DDT. He goes for the pin. One, two. Wait a second. Wait a second. It's the Brooklyn Brawler. The Brooklyn Brawler is, run, is running down. The crowd's going bananas. Scott, What's he bananas. doing here? He's probably on garbage duty. Here at Murray State, he's on the staff. He pulls Adam, Adam Cole out. He still has heat with Cole, and he's going after him, punching him left and right, throws him into the barricade, hits him with a boot. Roddy Strong comes in. He kicks Roddy Strong, throws him over the turnbuckle, over the barricade. Cole comes in. Um, the brawler hits him with a clothesline. He sends him into the pole, knocks him out. He rolls him back into the – Cole back into the ring to Jericho. Jericho comes in. Hits the code breaker again, and then has Adam Cole in the lion tamer. The lion tamer. The walls of Jericho as well. I don't know that Cole's going to be able to make it. I don't know that he's going to be able to make it. Finally, Adam Cole taps. He taps to the walls of Jericho. Chris Jericho is your TV title champion. Wow, the crowd is going nuts. Brooklyn Brawler comes in. He gives Jericho a big hug. They celebrate. And what does the brawler have? He has a bottle of champagne, a little bit of the bubbly for Chris Jericho. I tell you, this has got to be the first time the brawler has probably had champagne in his life, Scott. You're probably right. And hanging with Jericho, he'll get plenty of it. So the crowd goes bananas. Jericho and the brawler celebrate. And Adam Cole is furious. He can't believe it. He comes in, tries to go back against Jericho. And they throw, they both clothesline Cole. He sends him into the brawler for a big power slam. The brawler rolls Cole out. We haven't seen the end of this one at all. But Jericho is your new TV champion, and the crowd's going nuts. And how about a big hand of the Brooklyn brawler? Brawler with the assist by, by a long shot there. Jericho owes brawler the win for sure. Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, Scott, sometimes it's not pretty, just like the Brooklyn Brawler, but it gets a, the job done. A W is a W. Absolutely. All right, our next match is going for our United States Championship. And this is, a wow, what a great match this is going to be. You got AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins versus Ricky Steamboat in um, a triple threat match. The winner is the United States Heavyweight Champion. I guess set up um, set up this match and what you're expecting to see here between these three greats. So this is going to be a very technical, very fast-paced, uh, high-end match with three of the best to ever do it. Uh, Rollins is a great athlete. AJ Styles, it lives up to the moniker of phenomenal. And, of course, the uh, veteran Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who arguably has had uh, two of the greatest matches in wrestling history. This will be a this will be an instant classic. 
no question. Yeah. You know, talk a little bit about Ricky Steamboat because we haven't talked about him as much. And some fans, if they're not like longtime wrestling fans, they may not be as up to speed with Steamboat. Obviously, they know about the, the WrestleMania three match with him and the Macho Man. But I would argue, and and they say a lot of people say that that WrestleMania three match with Ricky Steamboat and the Macho Man was the greatest wrestling match ever. However, I would argue and say I think his matches with Flair in 1989 and this, the one at the Superdome, that like 60 minute match. I mean, and this wasn't scripted in detail like what the Macho Men and Steamboat did for WrestleMania 3. I would argue that might be the greatest match of all time. I think that series of three matches with Steamboat and Flair were probably uh, I, I would argue that all three of those were as good or better than the WrestleMania 3 match. Mm-hmm. And for the exact reasons that you just said, because Macho, uh, you know, he was a perfectionist and he forced Ricky the dragon to, and this was in real life behind the scenes, just practice and practice and rehearse and rehearse that match where flair was always good about going on the fly. Yeah. So, and I, I wasn't a big fan of how the WrestleMania three match ended with the macho man. First off the heel lost by George, the animal steel getting involved and technically cheating. And then when he lost um, because his back gave out, and then there was a small package. I'm like, couldn't they come up with a better finish there? But I guess it's kind of a surprise. But I just don't remember Savage really taking too many bumps on the to the back for him to sell that. But in any event, it was great because it really that was the match that became the formula for a lot of the matches we see today. Where my gosh, some of these guys they they take three or four major moves and they kick out at two. And it's like, what do you have to do to pin a, a guy or a woman today? It's almost like you have to. Just about killing. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem with the business nowadays is your finishing moves don't uh, equal what they used to. Used, you know, back in the day, if you hit a DDT, that that match was over. Yeah. Or if, or if you hit a brain buster or a pile driver or you know the the match was ended right there. Or if you got somebody in the uh, you know scorpion death drop or the sharpshooter or the figure four, but now. Uh, it's just kick out after kick out after kick out. That formula is getting old. Wrestling needs to take a turn today to to keep it interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. The wrestlers are in the ring. You got Ricky Steamboat versus Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I will say for, you know, we talked about with Styles, how he's such a great wrestler and his great success in TNA and um, Japan. And since he's been in WWE, he's been fantastic. Although right now they don't have a whole lot for him. and. Um, his tag team partner, um, oh gosh, Omos, which I think is kind of unfortunate. I'm like, how can you have a, a champion and from your creative, you don't have a, a feud for them to go in? But I mean, just great in the ring. I love his matches with John Cena. I'm not a John Cena fan, but I think sometimes people forget how great Seth Rollins is. He's a great heel. I love him as a heel. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the Money Night Messiah, but I mean, he is really technical technically sound and I'm looking forward to those matches with him and Cesaro. I will say Seth Rollins is a great athlete. I don't think he's always used correctly and I don't always like his uh, storylines, but you know, that's not necessarily his fault. Uh, but I, you know, I thought Rollins was great in ring of honor and I, and I think he's uh, still to this day, a good, a good uh, in ring performer. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Wow, this is going to be kind of unique to call because all of my other matches have been two uh, one-on-one. Now I've got 
three guys. So how, how are they going to start? Well, here we go. AJ Styles being the phenomenal one. He's like, hey, Rollins, Steamboat, you guys have at it. He's, he's backing out of the ring. He's like, why should I go out there and beat myself down or whatever? You guys go ahead and have it. What, what a heel move. What I mean, just to avoid the contact, I mean, that's just laziness right there. But AJ Styles goes, takes a fold-out chair, sits down, and he's just telling Rollins and Steamboat, have at it. So Rollins and Steamboat look at each other like, all right, let's go. You got two of the best right here. So Rollins and Steamboat lock up. Steamboat with an arm drag on Rollins. Gets another arm drag with a hip toss and a drop kick. Seth Rollins is frustrated, hops out of the ring right away. Steamboat starts out on fire. This is not what Seth Rollins was expecting. He get tossed some trash to AJ Styles. AJ Styles tossed some trash back to Rollins. Rollins gets back in the ring. He uh, ties up with Ricky Steamboat again. And Steamboat with another arm drag and another arm drag. And this time a drop kick and another drop kick. And Rollins hops out again. Rollins is frustrated. He has not been able to get in the groove here against the veteran Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And the crowd's going nuts for Steamboat. And the so dragon Rollins, is showing off his experience right off the bat. And Styles keeps talking trash to Rollins. And Rollins like, well, hey, if you think you can do better, hop in there. And Rollins, or Styles is like, I don't think so. He's just fine right there in the chair. So anyway, Rollins pops back in, ties up with Steamboat, pushes him into the ropes. They uh, exchange and go into the turnbuckle. Rollins with a knee to the gut on Steamboat. And another knee. And a punch to the face. And a chop. But then Steamboat turns it around, and he's hitting the chops on Rollins, and hard, too. Wow, the chops. Rollins fights back with punches and chops. Steamboat and Rollins are going at it. Steamboat sends Rollins into the ropes, hits a drop kick, hits another drop kick. He goes for a third drop kick, and Seth swats him away, hits, hits him with a clothesline, and he starts stomping Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Seth Rollins has had enough. He is stomping Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He picks him up for a side slam, goes for the pin. One, two, Steamboat kicks out, no problem. Rollins keeps the pressure on, keeps a headlock on. Steamboat tries to shoot him off, but Rollins keeps the headlock on. Wow. But Steamboat could not push off Rollins. He's really wrenching in that headlock, Scott, really wrenching it in. So Rollins keeps the headlock on Steamboat. Steamboat throws him off. Finally, uh, Steamboat hits the deck. Rollins goes up. Steamboat goes up for a body press, takes down Seth Rollins. Rollins kicks out at one, and he, he clotheslines Ricky the Dragon Steamboat down. Then he comes up, hits him with a snap suplex. Wow, what a great suplex. Goes for a, a pin. Steamboat kicks out at two. Rollins keeps the pressure on. He's getting frustrated, though. He uh, sends Ricky Steamboat in, misses the clothesline. Uh, Steamboat comes. He catches Rollins with a flying body press, and the two go over the top ring. Now they're out battling around the apron. Wait a second. AJ Styles finally gets in. He starts stomping both Rollins and Steamboat while they're down. What a heel move. Stomping I was wondering when Styles was going to get involved. Exactly. He's definitely taking his, his, his chances right now. He throws Seth Rollins over the, the barricade into the crowd. He starts stomping on Steamboat. And he throws in Steamboat. Styles comes in, hits a, hits a knee to the head of Steamboat, goes for a pin. One, two, Steamboat kicks out. AJ Styles picks him up, body slam, hits an elbow, hits another elbow, goes for the pin, Steamboat kicks out. Wow, Steamboat is kicking out of tons of pins here. He seems to have a knack for that spot. Styles keeps the pressure on. He uh, he picks up another body slam, goes, tries to drop a knee, Steamboat rolls out of the way, 
connects on some chops on AJ Styles. Hard chops. Again, the dragon chops. Sends uh, AJ Styles into the ropes. He hits on, on the drop kick. AJ Styles goes down, hits on another drop kick. And here comes Steamboat with the chops to the head, the chops to the head, and now to the chest. It's some hard-hitting action there. He sends Styles into the turnbuckle, and Styles reverses it, sends uh, Steamboat in hard. Big backdrop on Steamboat. Steamboat gets up. Styles nails him with a drop kick. He comes in for the pin. One, two. Another kick out by Steamboat at two. Styles is getting frustrated. He sends Steamboat in, comes up. He tries to go, and, and he hits him with a flying forearm. Wow. But he hits Steamboat out of the ring. So no pinning opportunity. Here comes Styles. He goes over the top, lands on Steamboat, over the top rope, takes Steamboat down. The crowd's going nuts. What a move by AJ Styles. Ricky, the Steamboat is really in some trouble right now, Scott. Styles is called phenomenal for a reason. So he picks up Ricky, hits him with a body slam, goes up to the top, comes off the apron. Hits a running knee on Steamboat right across the throat. Oh, my gosh. Steamboat right over the throat. He's going to have some trouble breathing here. And Styles is vicious. He takes Steamboat, hits him with another uh, elbow to the head, and sends him right into the, the ring uh, apron. Hits him with a clothesline. Throws him in. Goes in for the pin. One, two. Steamboat kicks out again on another two. Unbelievable. Styles is getting so frustrated. So he goes outside. He's going to try to hit that phenomenal form again. He gets on the top rope. He tries to jump off. But wait a second. Seth Rollins comes back, and he pushes Styles off. Styles hits face first. Then Rollins comes. He hits a flying clothesline off the rope, takes Steamboat down, goes for the pin. One, two. Steamboat kicks out again at two. Unbelievable. He is taking a heck of a amount of punishment from Styles and Rollins is, is Steamboat. How much longer can Ricky Steamboat go? So here we go with Rollins. He throws Steamboat in. This is a clothesline. Steamboat comes back. Flying body press on Rollins. One, two. Rollins kicks out. Drop kick by Steamboat. Another drop kick by Steamboat. Hits him with a hip toss. And another drop kick. Rollins is frustrated. Big body slam by Ricky Steamboat. He goes up to the top. Off the top rope. He comes to land on Seth Rollins. Wait a second. AJ Styles hits him with a clothesline. Unbelievable. And a running knee. Styles goes for the pin. One, two. Rollins pulls Styles off. Saves the match. Styles and Rollins are now going at it. They're trading punches. Steamboat takes the opportunity to get outside the ring as he should. Boy, Styles and Rollins are really going at it right now, Scott. They're tearing the house down. The crowd's going crazy for it. So Styles sends Rollins in. Misses uh, with a clothesline. Rollins comes out. Running knee. Hits him with a running knee. He's going for the stomp. But Styles gets out of the way. He misses. Takes Rollins down with a clothesline. Goes for the pin. One, two. Rollins kicks out at two. Unbelievable. So then Styles keeps the pressure on Rollins. Comes back. Hits him with the kicks right to the chest. Hard kicks right to the chest of Seth Rollins. That has got to hurt. Finally, he sends Rollins in. Lifts him up over the top rope. Rollins comes uh, over the top rope. Styles in. Comes from the top rope. Hits a phenomenal forearm on Seth Rollins. Knocks him out. They go to roll him in. Wait a second. Steamboat grabs um, AJ Styles. He pulls him down. Chops him down. Throws him over the top. Rollins is laying on the, the floor. Ricky Steamboat comes up to the top. Flying splash off the top for the one, two, three. Ricky Steamboat wins. Ricky Steamboat is your United States heavyweight champion, Scott. What and a the crowd up. is going crazy. The crowd Absolutely. loves it. What a finish. 
Ricky the Dragon Steamboat wins the United States title by landing the pin on Seth Rollins. What a matchup. The crowd's going nuts. I tell you what, I'm worn out after that match. It takes a lot to make it up and to call it. I know. Completely going on the fly here. All right, so take a little break here. What's your analysis of this uh, these matches so far? What what are your big takeaways? Because we've we've crowned two new champions so far. So far, a very good event with whenever you have belts change over during an event, that's always uh, extra exciting and the special a uh, surprise match at the beginning with hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert and macho man. That, that was a good touch for the pay-per-view. Uh, I think that kicked it off and that set the tone for the whole thing. Uh, so far too, it's been a good mix of, uh, uh, heels versus, uh, faces and heels getting some victory. So I think so far it's been great. Yeah. Hopefully the announcer has been okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we had a little bit of an intermission there. Um, people had needed to, Go to the restroom, go to the concession stand. And as you remember at Murray State, the bathrooms were too big there, Scott. Or at, at the no, they were not so, for a, uh, not for a five thousand person crowd. I know, and it's hot in there too. They're having to crack the doors open because the air conditioning is not too good. Just oh, like yeah. this is almost like if you're at the Sportatorium. Oh yeah, back in Dallas or ECW Arena, I'm sure. Exactly. All right, so let's kick get started with our next match. And here he is. Kevin Owens comes to the ring. He has no intro music because he doesn't need it. He looks like a man on a mission right now. He is calling out his opponent. He's like, let me tell you something. You think you're the greatest thing in professional wrestling. You've accused me of being a copycat. Well, we'll, we'll see who the copycat is tonight. I'm going to beat you into the ground. So if you want to beat down, come get it. And here he comes. The Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve He is mad and turned in the ring. And he gave some Steve Weisers to the announce crew. I don't drink, so Scott, you can have my Steve Weiser. He's handing out beers to the crowd. The college crowd's loving it. I'll take it. Austin gets up on the ring. He salutes with the middle finger to the crowd. The crowd goes nuts. Stone Cold Steve Austin is in Murray State. He obviously appeals to the crowd here. A little bit of redneck. Never goes bad in Murray, Kentucky, does it, Scott? That's exactly right. Murray itself, along with the surrounding areas, loves that. So, And, and Owens can't believe it. He, he is so upset. Austin is getting on the every ring turnbuckle, saluting the crowd. He gives uh, the middle finger symbol to uh, Owens. Owens doesn't appreciate it. And Owens attacks him from behind. He attacks Austin from behind. He just starts stomping a mud hole in him. Unbelievable. Kevin Owens is just stomping a mud hole in Stone Cold Steve Austin in the turnbuckle. Finally, the referee backs him away, and then he goes back to more stomping and more stomping. He backs up. Hits a cannonball on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin has never been in this match. He... He never had an opportunity to get into the match. Kevin Owens is taking advantage of the situations. More stomps, more stomps, and another cannonball. Owens rolls uh, Stone Cold into the, the ring, goes for the pin. One, two. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Owens can't believe it. Austin kicked out at two and a half. 
He's yelling at the referee, Earl Hebner, for a slow count. I think it did look a little slow, Scott. What do you think there? Absolutely. A little, little sluggish. Re- the referee needs to get his game on there. Owens was trying to get a quick win, but Stone Cold did kick out. So Owens keeps the the uh, the energy on, stomping and kicking. Sends Austin into the ropes. Picks him up for a pop-up powerbomb. He goes for the pin. One, two. Austin kicks out at two and a half. <clears throat> Owens keeps the the um, the pressure on, kicking and kicking and kicking on, on Stone Cold. He sends Stone Cold into the, um, the turnbuckle, follows in with a big splash, sends him down. Owens is going up top. He's going for the frog splash. Here he comes with a frog splash. He misses. Stone Cold moves. He kicks Owens to the gut, delivers the stunner, goes for the count. One, two, three. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins the match with a stunner on Kevin Owens. Unbelievable. The crowd's going nuts. The crowd's going nuts. What a, a match by Stone Cold Steve Austin. All it took was one um, one Stone Cold stunner, and Kevin Owens is out. Now Stone, Stone Cold's telling Kevin Owens, get out of here, you piece of trash. Throws him over the top of the ring, calls for some beers, which are thrown up to the crowd, and he salutes the crowd with some Steve Weisers, and the crowd goes nuts. What a matchup with Stone Cold Steve Austin going over. And, of course, the signature double middle finger. Absolutely. Owens can't believe it. He has been embarrassed. He's going back to the ring. He just can't believe it. Austin sends him back to the dressing room with a middle finger and salutes the crowd again. So Stone Cold Steve Austin goes over here at SummerSlam in Murray, Kentucky. How about that? Can't beat it. All right. Next matchup, our finale for the night, the Wilson Wrestling Federation heavyweight title between the modern-day warrior, Kerry Von Erich, and the king, Jerry Lawler. Before we get into the match, we've got to talk a little bit about, about the team here. You know, when they talk about the greatest wrestlers of all time, a lot of times people come and they'll mention Flair, they'll mention Hogan. But I think people forget how amazing Jerry Lawler was in Memphis and the crowd that he drew and just how great he is and a little bit of everything with the mic uh, talk. He's a good, solid wrestler. He could be a heel or a face. Great commentator. So just talk a little bit about uh, Jerry Lawler and his impact on wrestling. So Lawler, for what he had, you know, athletically, Lawler is not a, you know, he he's, he don't look like a million bucks. He's not the big athletic guy like a young Hogan or a Luger or Sting or any of those guys or even Flair at one time. Flair was, you know, had the million dollar look and, and all that, which Flair, with all the party, and even at a younger age, kind of lost that that luster as well. But from what Lawler brought to the table, he really maximized, you know, his mic skills. Lawler could was a decent worker in the ring, and his ring psychology was second to none, in my opinion. He could really get a crowd worked up, whether he was heel or face. I mean, the guy was was worshipped in the Memphis area and really all over Tennessee and, uh, you know, Western to central Kentucky and, uh, Southern Indiana, the guy, I mean, they love the guy and he could quickly turn the crowd on him when he became a face or a heel. He, he knew how to do it. I mean, people would quickly turn from loving him to hating him. And it was all because he knew how to, to, uh, command the crowd. I mean, he could put superstar Bill Dundee over and make him the, the top face in the in the uh, company and, and 
you know, the very next week, turn it around and make Bill Dundee the top heel in the company. So it all depended on where, where Lawler was and what tactics he was using. Yeah, I think the other thing that was really interesting is uh, when they were talking about the Macho Men biography on A&E, that feud between um, the Macho Men's Federation um, ICW, International Championship Wrestling, which, you know, they ran that Kentucky territory of Lexington, Louisville, and you know, several matches in Paducah where it was like the Macho Men, his dad was the owner, uh, he had Lee Lanny Poffo. And when they went under, I mean, they were trying to fight with Lawler and there was like some real heat. But then when they folded, they got the Macho Man to come in and battle Lawler in Memphis. And those were just some huge houses and I mean, great intensity and psychology there. Right. I would love to see seeing those matches live. No question. That that was a big deal. And, you know, the enemies became friends. Basically, they basically sold out and. Uh, Lawler and Jarrett or Lawler, whatever, how you want to look at it, basically took over their uh, part of the territory. Yeah. Of course, Kerry Von Eric, I'm a huge mark for him. Um, I mean, they were just so great and world-class. I mean, the great houses that they drew. I mean, um, you know, it's kind of amazing to me what Kerry Von Eric would have been had he not had that accident in 1986 where he lost part of his foot because he wrestled for you know, seven years or so with a prosthetic foot. So just – that's just an amazing thing to be able to do. But I mean, it had charisma. I mean, a great body, great look. And women loved him. And I, I feel like with, um, I was listening to a podcast and it was Jim Cornette's podcast. And he said, one of the problems that sometimes you have in wrestling today is the female um, audience has substantially dwindled in professional wrestling. And he's like, think about it in the eighties, you know, you had, a lot of good-looking guys as faces. You had Kerry Von Eric and Ricky Morton, and I mean Flair was a heel, but I mean you always had some good-looking guys, the Fantastics, as your faces. That's to, right. To draw, and, and now I mean, and according to Flair, the women love Steamboat. Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing too is at the end of the day, you had a, a lot of guys who were heels who were like that too, like Rick Rude. Um, I mean, well, you had Sting. There you go. I mean Luger. Right. A big draw, and so a lot of the things now is because they do all these independent things and just fancy stuff. They don't always do enough to attract the women that they had back in the past. Well, and their idea of attracting women is the women's wrestling, and I don't know that that's working in the way that they want it to. I think the women wrestlers are fantastic, but I feel like a thing that's lost in the world of professional wrestling right now is that female manager, like a Missy Hyatt and a Miss Elizabeth and woman, uh, you know, Deborah McMichael back in the day, but I mean, especially woman and Elizabeth and Missy Hyatt and precious who they just got so much heat in for their guys. So I just think that's something they should really improve. And we have a woman who's going to get some heat in this match. We have Lacey Von Eric who has disowned, the Von Eric family, she is in Jerry Lawler's stable of puppies. She had Jerry Von Eric cannot believe what is going on here. His own daughter has basically paired up and hooked up with Jerry the King Lawler, one of his arch rivals. So this is a real grudge match. Jerry can't believe it. So let's go ahead and get started. Of course, the King comes to the ring. He doesn't need an intro because everyone in Murray knows who the King is. He comes out with that crown. The crowd is booing him, but he's getting a lot of pop, too. So it's kind of a mixed crowd. But then he announces Lacey Von Eric, and here she comes. And 
that that girl is getting tons of hate from the fans. How could she turn on her father? I mean, Devon Harris has had so much tragedy in her life. Why would she ever ever do this? So Lawler comes. He's uh, getting the crowd riled up, and just tremendous energy coming in. And now it's time for the champ to come. Assuming I do this right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got the modern day warrior, Carrie Von Eric, coming to the ring. I mean, the women are going nuts. They're just going nuts. I mean, it's kind of like with Alex Luger. I mean, they've gotten both Lex Luger and Carrie Von Eric in one night of wrestling. I mean, the women are going home happy here. Von Eric always Von Eric always had good choices of music. I liked it when he came out to Stranglehold and uh, when he came out to Rush. Yeah, I love that Rush song. So Carrie Von Eric's coming to the ring. The crowd's going nuts. Of course, he's kissing the ladies on the way down, uh, kissing the babies, shaking hands. I mean, he's up on the ring. The crowd is um, is all into it. And Scott, I think Carrie Von Eric is in the best shape of his life for this match. <laughs> he better be with the wild, wily veteran Jerry Lawler because Lawler will be pulling out all the stops. You can bank on that. And Lacey gets started right away. She gets up in her in her dad's face, point the finger at him. How disrespectful. And then from behind, here comes Jerry Lawler with a knee to the back on Kerry Von Eric. Lawler's landed punches on Kerry left and right. I mean, Lawler was a great punch. I mean, I think he had back, a background as a boxer. So he's really pummeling Kerry Von Eric in that corner. Sends him into the ropes. Um, comes off with a big punch to the gut, running knee lift, and sends Von Eric to the ground. Jerry Lawler hits a uh, this drop on the forehead of Kerry Von Eric and goes for the pin, but Von Eric kicks out at two. Jerry Lawler keeps the, the chin lock going on and some pummeling elbows to the top of the head on Kerry Von Eric. I mean, Lawler is all over. It is like rabbit punches to Kerry's head. I mean, Kerry is down. Jerry is getting up to celebrate to the crowd to a chorus of booze and lacing Von Eric. His woman is all for it, celebrating big time. So, man, what heat Lawler's getting. So he comes back on, keeps the pummeling on Kerry Von Eric, kicks, punches, picks him up for a side slam, connects, goes for the pin. One, two, Kerry Von Eric kicks out. Lawler keeps the headlock on. Kerry's going to try to get out of it, trying to get up. Lawler's keeping the pressure on, really wrenching in that headlock. I mean, Kerry is just not able to get up. Lawler's talking to the, the crowd. He's calling them a bunch of ham and eggers, barring the phrase from Bobby the Brain Heenan. Then, oh, a big punch to the face on Von Eric sends him down. Von Eric goes to the ropes. And then his own daughter, Lacey Von Eric, slaps her dad in the face. Unbelievable. I cannot believe it. Wait a second. Someone's coming to the ring. It's Kevin Von Eric, her uncle Kevin. He is confronting Lacey Von Eric right now. The crowd is going nuts. And Lacey's going right after it. And then Lawler comes out of the ring and nails Von Eric with a big, Kevin Von Eric with a big elbow to the head, runs him into the flagpole. And then Lacey slaps. Kevin Von Eric right in the face, and he goes down. Lawler throws Kevin Von Eric over the barricade into the crowd. So Lawler goes back in. Kerry's still a little groggy. 
hits him with some punches, some lefts, some jabs, hitting the jabs, then a big right takes carry down. He goes off the rope, tries to hit that big fist, and carry moves. Carry starts hitting some punches. He's going wild. He's hitting some big punches. Then he does a discus punch and floors Lawler. Lawler goes down and Carry goes for the pin. One, two, Carry can't can't seal the deal as Lawler kicks out at two. So he sends Lawler into the ropes. Big clothesline. Comes up, hits another big clothesline on Jerry the King Lawler. Then a drop kick. Sends Lawler down and Lacey pulls Jerry the King Lawler out. Unbelievable. Lawler comes back. Try, tries to clear the cobwebs. Wait a second. Then Kevin Von Erich comes out and he jumps off the barricade and clotheslines Jerry the King Lawler and starts landing some punches on Jerry the King Lawler. When who comes out? Double J, Jeff Jarrett, with a big guitar to the back of Kevin Von Erich and knocks him senseless. Jarrett is stomping on Kevin Von Erich and Lawler joins in. Harry comes wow. back out and now he's fighting with Lawler and Jarrett. It's a pure six brawl out there. They just they eliminated did. any advantage that Kerry Von Erich had. Absolutely. So then Jerry Lawler hits Von Erich with a jab and big clothesline by Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett throws uh, Jerry Lawler or Kerry uh, Von Erich into the ring. Lawler goes to the top. He's going to try to hit that flying fist to the face. Kerry moves. He gets up. Lawler's dazed. Iron claw from Kerry Von Erich to the head of Jerry the King Lawler right in the center of the ring. Lawler's in trouble. Lawler is in big time trouble. Jeff Jarrett gets up. He's trying to go in, and Kevin Von Erich comes back. He grabs Jeff Jarrett, starts punching, and now Jarrett and Kevin are trading punches left and right. Jarrett is thrown over the barricade by Kevin, and now they're fighting into the crowd. It's unbelievable. Lazy Von Erich's running around. She doesn't know what's going on. Carrie keeps the iron claw on Jerry Lawler. Lawler's going down to the ground. Then Lacey Von Erich comes in, low blow, low blow to her dad, Carrie Von Erich, breaking the hole. Wow. Lawler rolls away out of the, out into the turnbuckle, trying to get some, um, some relief here. Another low blow from Lacey Von Erich. She is getting tons of heat from the fans as she rolls out. Jerry Lawler comes in, takes Carrie down with a clothesline, goes for the pin. One, two, Carrie. Kicks out at a two count. Lawler keeps the pressure on with some punches. Now he tries to go for the pile driver, the patented Jerry the King Lawler pile driver. He has Von Eric up, but wait a second, Kerry blocks. He has Jerry Lawler. Oh, does a backdrop on Lawler. Hits him with some, some clotheslines, and then he just nails him with some punches. Von Eric is going nuts. He's hitting him with punches and stomping his feet. There's that Kerry Von Eric charisma. He hits him with a big discus punch. Puts him down on the ground. Then he sends him in to the ropes. Another iron claw on Jerry the King Waller in the center of the ring. Lacey Von Erich comes in. But, and then Harry Von Erich pushes his own daughter out of the ring, keeps the claw on. He picks Jerry the King Waller up with a slam with the claw. Goes for the pin. One, two, three. Harry Von Erich gets a pin on Jerry the King Waller with the iron claw. Waller has been pinned with all the outside help. He could not get the job done. With Carrie Von Erich. Carrie throws Jerry the King Waller out of the ring and celebrates. Then Kevin Von Erich comes and celebrates as he's taking Jeff Jarrett to task out in the in the crowd. And the Von Erichs get a huge pop from the crowd as they celebrate Carrie's victorious match against Jerry the King Lawler. What a matchup. 
Scott, what's your take on this? Excellent, excellent action. Very good. Uh, surprised that the crowd is actually cheering for Kerry because Murray is uh, local or close to Jerry Lawler's uh, home crowd, hometown. So surprising that Kerry's getting as much love as he is, but everybody probably turned on Lawler with uh, using Kerry's daughter. Exactly. In the book, I think the Booker may have had something to do with it. <laughs> you know, those Bookers can. So the Von Erics are celebrating when, wait a second, we have a distraction here. What is going on? Does not look to be happy as he storms to the ring. He's got a mic in his heading straight for Kerry Von Eric and Kevin Von Eric. How about the rowdy one showing up at Murray, Kentucky? What an entrance. One of my all-time favorites. So here he comes to the ring. Tons of booze. The Von Erics are confused. What's going on here? He's not even on the card. Piper crashes a celebration, gets on the mic, and says, you can't have a SummerSlam without Rowdy Roddy Piper. The crowd boos. He looks right at the Von Erickson. He said, listen here, horse face. I don't know who you think you are, but when it comes to SummerSlam and the world of professional wrestling, I'm the top heel. I'm the best there is. And you have never given me a shot for this world title. And I want my shot right now. When all of a sudden, who comes behind? But Paul Orndorff and Bob Orton join in. They start attacking Kerry and Kevin Von Erich. Bob Orton has a castle. He is nailing Kevin Von Erich right now. And Paul Orndorff and then Piper joins in. They're stomping down Kerry. He slaps Kerry to the face, and Orndorff keeps on the pressure. Oh, my gosh. It is Piper, Orndorff, and Orton just kicking a mud hole into Von Erichs, and the fans are going nuts. What in the world is going to happen? Are the Von Erichs going to be able to make it out alive? Help is on the way. Help is on the way. The crowd's going bananas, Scott. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the eye of the tiger for the great man survivor. Here it is. Hope open. comes Hogan into the ring. Piper is furious. He starts going into Hogan right away, and Hogan starts punching on Roddy Roddy Piper. He hits him, and he takes him down to the deck. Then he goes and helps carry Von Eric. He fights off Bob Orton. He fights off Paul Orndorff. He throws Orndorff over the top and gives Orton the big boot. Everyone goes outside. Piper, Orndorff, and Orton are furious. The Hulkster has come to Murray, Kentucky to help save the Von Erics. In their time of need, and to the great song of Eye of the Tiger, that was the kickoff 
for um, for Hulkamania back in 1984, and one of my favorite bands, Survivor. Talk about the Hulkster being here in Murray, Scott. That is such a shocker, such a surprise. What a big star to roll in the small town of Murray, Kentucky. Exactly. This, this capacity crowd of 5,000 is going crazy, and they're getting their money's worth tonight. So here we go. There are, there's pandemonium everywhere. Piper grabs a mic. He can't believe Hogan's there. He's like, Hogan, you can't avoid the limelight. You always have to be the star. It always has to be about you. Uh, you're, you're nothing but a, uh, an egomaniac. And Hogan's like, what you going to do, brother? I've, I'm here to fight. If you want to do something about it, then come on in the ring. Piper tries to get in, and Orton and uh, Bob Orton are holding them back. Piper wants in. The Von Erics are up. They're ready to go. Everyone's ready to go. Oh, wait a second. The bell rings. We've got a match here. We've got a match. Here it is, and Piper can't believe it. There is a, a match now, and he is upset. He's going over to the announcer. And it was like, I didn't call for this match. I didn't call for this match. And the, they look at him. It's like, well, you got it. Here we go. So here we go. We got Hulk Hogan and Kevin and Kerry Von Erich, battle-tested Von Erichs, and the Hulkster going against Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and Bob Orton. But wait a second. Orton can't compete. He's got a, a cast. It's an illegal uh, foreign object. He can't compete. So the referee, Earl Hebner, comes in. He will not let Orton compete. So Piper calls out someone to come and help. And who comes out? But Jerry, the King Lawler. Lawler is still fuming over his loss to Kerry Von Erich. He feels he is robbed. So here we go. Jerry, the King Lawler, joining with Roddy Piper and Orndorff against Hogan and Kevin and Kerry Von Erich. So here we go. And in the center, it's Piper and... Hogan, they go nose to nose. They're talking trash. They, Piper pushes Hogan. Hogan pushes Piper. They keep pushing. They go back and forth. Hogan steps back. He does a big pose on Piper. Piper is incensed. Then, oh my gosh, Orndorff comes in from behind and attacks the Hulkster. Then Roddy Piper gets in. And then Lawler. Then the Von Erics come. They're attacking Lawler and, and Piper, or Piper and Orndorff as well. And they throw him out of the ring. The Von Erics help, help out the Hulkster. And the crowd goes nuts. The crowd goes nuts. Roddy is frustrated. So they re recover, get, try to get back in the match. The Hulkster comes in and tries to lock up with Roddy Piper. Collar and elbow tie up. Hogan's a stronger of the two, throws Piper down to the ground. Piper's incensed. He gets up again, locks up with Hogan. Hogan pushes him down, throws him down again. Poses to the crowd, does the big hand. Um, to the ear to get the crowd pumped up. The Hulkster is in control here. So then Piper's frustrated. He tags in Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who is one of the most underrated wrestlers, in my opinion, in the history of wrestling and one of the strongest wrestlers ever. So Orndorff is one of the greatest rivalries for Hulk Hogan ever, hands down. Absolutely. We're going back to 1986 here where Mr. Wonderful and the Hulkster are lining up. So they go collar and elbow tie up. It's a standoff. They lock, They go again. Another standoff. Well, the H Hogan grabs a, a headlock on um, Mr. Wonderful. Orndorff throws off Hogan. Hogan comes with a shoulder block, taking down Mr. Wonderful. He starts laying in the punches on Mr. Wonderful. But Orndorff blocks, and Orndorff starts fighting back. Hogan and Orndorff trading punches left and right. It's pandemonium. It's pandemonium. Then Lawler comes in again trying to help, and then Kerry goes after him. 
What a fight. Piper comes in. Kevin Von Erich's all over him. Unbelievable. It's another Pier 6 brawl in the middle of the ring. The referee has lost control, Scott. The referee has lost control. Unless they get some other officials out there, they're never going to regain it. It's over. They can't have control of this match. Exactly. Finally, the Von Erichs, they throw Piper and uh, Bob Orton out of the ring, and they're going tooth and nail, throwing punches left and right. Then Bob Orton comes from behind, hits Kevin Von Erich with a knee, and starts stomping on Kevin Von Erich. And then he Kerry comes over, starts fighting with Orton. But then Mr. Uh, Roddy Piper comes over and starts a knee to the back to Kerry, throws him into the post. What a dastardly move. In the meantime, Hogan and Orndorf are going tooth and nail in the ring. Orndorf sends, sends Hogan off, picks him up for a big side slam, and starts stomping away at the Hulkster. He's really beating the Hulkster down right now with kicks and punches. He gets him up for a suplex. He gets the six foot eight Hogan up for a standing suplex and holds it for several minutes and lands it. Goes for a pin on the Hulkster. Hulk kicks out at two. Orndorf can't believe it. He keeps the punches and kicks going. Sends Hogan in, big clothesline, and takes down the Hulkster. Unbelievable. So Orndorf keeps the pressure on, goes into the turnbuckle, follows in with a running clothesline on the Hulkster, sends the Hulkster down, and goes for a pin. One, two, the Hulkster kicks out at two. The Hulkster is in a bad state of affairs right now, Mr. Wonderful, right now, Scott. They're putting the boots to him. They got him beat down. Hogan is struggling. We got to see if he can make a miraculous comeback like we've seen so many times in the past. In the meantime, Jerry Lawler has gotten the upper hand on the Von Ericks with the help of Bob Orton and uh, Roddy Piper. He tags in with Mr. Wonderful, and now Lawler comes in, punches left and right, rabbit punches to Hogan. He's really taking it to Hogan. And then Lawler body slams the Hulkster. I didn't think Lawler had it in him. What a move by Waller. Waller comes off the rope, drops the big fist, goes for the, the pin. One, two, the Hulkster kicks out. Unbelievable. The Hulkster really needs a tag right now. The order's been restored outside the ring. Waller comes in, tags in Roddy Piper, and here comes Piper. He's just nasty. Punches left and right, boots to the, the head of Hogan. Hogan is in a bad, bad way. Piper sends Hogan in. Hits the sleeper on him, right in the middle of the ring. Hogan's trying to reach for the Von Erics. He can't get there. He's right in the center of the ring. Piper has got him. Piper's signature move. So, Hogan, he's struggling. He's down to one knee, Scott. He is down to one knee. Is the Hulkster going to go under? Piper's got it on. Hogan's in deep water, and he's drowning. Absolutely. Finally, the Von Erics can't take it anymore. They come in, and they attack Roddy Piper. He breaks the hole, but the referee... Earl Hebner escorts Kerry and Kevin out. In the meantime, Piper makes a tag to Mr. Wonderful and Jerry Law, and he and Orndorff and Law are all come in and triple team the Hulkster. Unbelievable. They put the Hulkster in the corner. Triple team, triple team. Then they send him into the rope. Orton holds the Hulkster's legs, and Piper, uh, sorry, Orndorff comes in with a big clothesline, throws the Hulkster down, goes for the pin. One, two, can't do it. Orndorff's going to try to go for his signature move now. The big pile driver, the most dominant pile driver in the history of professional wrestling. He's trying to get the Hulkster up, but the Hulk won't do it. The Hulk can't. He's fighting it. He's fighting it. Orndorff can't get him up. Big backdrop by the Hulkster. It comes up. Big boot to the face. 
on Orndorff. Orndorff is down and dazed, and the Hulkster is trying to find a way to make it over to the Von Erichs. He desperately needs a tag. Both Hogan and Orndorff are trying to make it to their corners. Who's going to make it first? Orndorff comes in. He makes the tag to Jerry Lawler. Um, Hogan tags in Kevin Von Erich, and here comes Kevin Von Erich. This is a fire on Jerry Lawler. Punches left and right. Sends him into the ropes with a big drop kick with those bare feet. That can't taste good at all, Scott. Not at all. Sweaty bare feet are never good. He's kicking him left and right. Throws him into the corner. Now he tags in Kerry, and the Von Erichs are pummeling Jerry but the King Lawler. They throw him into the ropes. Stomach claw on Jerry the King Lawler by Kerry Von Erich. He picks Lawler up and slams him to the ground. He's got the stomach claw going on. Lawler is in a bad way. He's got a penchant of getting in these claw holes in the center of the ring. Piper can't stand it. He comes and punches Lawler again. I'm sorry. He comes and punches Carey. Starts attacking Carey. Throws him over to the corner. Then he drags uh, Lawler over. Tags in. And now it's Piper and Carey Von Erich, the two that started this whole Fiasco. Piper wants that title of Von Eric. He's taking the boots to him. He throws him into the ring ropes. Comes off sleeper on Kerry Von Eric right in the middle of the ring. That Piper sleeper has been deadly all night long. Kerry's going down to the, the mat. Wait a second. He rolls him out of the ring. Piper breaks the hole. Now it's Piper. He goes in. He tries to hit Kerry into the uh, roll him into the, the post. He does. He goes in. Von Erich moves. Then he gets punched to the ground by Von Erich. Von Erich throws him in. Piper is dazed and confused. He hits the iron claw again on Piper right in the middle of the ring. Piper is not going anywhere. Then he comes in, tags in the Hulk, throws Piper into the ropes. Hulk hits the big boot. Piper goes down. He comes, Hulk goes to hit the big leg. Wait a second. Bob Horton grabs the holster's leg. Then uh, Paul Orndorff comes and clotheslines Hogan over the top rope. Now you got Bob, uh, Bob Orton out there. Lawler comes and gets involved. Piper gets involved. Now you got the Von Erics involved. It's pure six bedlam out there. In the meantime, Mr. Wonderful is in the center of the ring watching all the action going on. All of a sudden, Kevin Von Erich goes, throws Bob Orton into the uh, ring post, Co goes to dive in for a, a splash, misses. I mean, just goes straight into that pole. He's dazed and confused, and Orton hits Kevin Von Erich down with the, the cast, knocks him out, rolls him into the ring. Orndorff hit, gets the Kevin Von Erich up, hits the pile driver, goes for the pin for the one, two, three. The heels win. The heels win. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff gets the pin for Roddy Piper's team, and Piper can't believe it. He is ecstatic. He Throws Kerry Von Erich over the top with, with Lawler and Bob Orton. And Lawler and Bob Orton hits Hogan in the back with a chair. Then Piper gets a chair. They're beating down Hulk Hogan. They have beaten down Hogan. Now they start beating Kerry Von Erich. They're beating them to a bloody pulp. The, they go in and celebrate. Piper told them I, I would do it. Piper would do it. And he'll celebrate as Lawler, Orton. Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper celebrating the ring and walk down after giving some more boots to the face of Kevin Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich, and Hulk Hogan. Unbelievable. And what Roddy pandemonium. Piper. What pandemonium. If they get these guys together again, it'll take the National Guard to hold them into control. 
Exactly. Like we we have a National Guard in Murray, Kentucky. <laughs> and that, folks, is how we end the first night of SummerSlam for the Fantasy Wilson Wrestling Federation. What action, Scott? What action? I'm exhausted. Great card. Great card to a sold-out crowd at Cutchin Fieldhouse, otherwise known as Racer Arena. Exactly. And the crowd is going. They're booing Roddy Piper and and Lawler and uh, Bob Orton and Orndorff as they go out. The fans are ticked. The fans are ticked. But that's just how it is in the world of Wilson Wrestling Federation. So, Scott, I need a break. We're gonna. Our listeners probably need a break. We're gonna take a little pause here, and uh, so you guys can stop if you're, uh, you're listening here, and we'll pick it up for day two, our tag team division, in just a moment. All right, folks, Scott and I are back. We had to take a little bit of a break, and we realized that our day one of fantasy wrestling for our SummerSlam went really long, and so we don't want to put you guys through a couple more hours of wrestling, so we're going to break that up into a separate podcast, uh, and that way you guys can enjoy it at your leisure and maybe not have a podcast that's three hours long. So, Scott, before we leave, though, Let's get your recap on the first day of Wilson Wrestling Federation's SummerSlam. So almost every one of these matches would be main event Mm -hmm. status in some form or fashion in any of the history of wrestling events that I've saw or been involved with. Uh, Overall, a lot of good action. Uh, It takes a special talent to make up the action uh, and call the action as you're going along with it. So overall, I think it uh, it, it was very good. Yeah. So hopefully our, our listeners like it. Um, like I said, when I was calling the match, I was completely doing this like off the cuff. And I did because normally in our fantasy wrestling, we would, you know, do everything via email. So we're writing the promos and you have the, the music and stuff like that, which really takes a long time to do. But I was like, it would just take forever to write that. And when we did our draft, we had 50 rounds of wrestlers. And it's like, I want to try to showcase everybody. Um, so that's why I'm doing a day one and day two. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we love talking wrestling on the show. And our day two will air next week. And just so you guys know, that matchup is going to start out with the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson versus Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. Match two will be the Fantastics of Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers versus Power and Glory, Paul Roma and Hercules. Match three will be Doom versus The Bar, Sheamus, and Cesaro, who are the tag TV tag champions in a title match. Our next match after that will be the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and longtime partner Rhett, Captain Redneck, Dick Murdoch, versus Harry Funk and Mankind in a no-disqualification match. We'll have a women's match, which will be the beautiful people, borrowing the name from TNA back in the day, with Trish Stratus, Mandy Rose, Beth Phoenix, and Tori Wilson with manager Stacey Keebler. Versus the four horsewomen of Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Wendy Richter, with special guest manager Scott Tudor. Our United States tag team title match of the Road Warriors with Precious Paul Ellery versus the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan uh, with Jim Cornette. The next match would be the New Day of Big E and Kofi with Xavier Woods on the sideline versus the Fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes and Perry Bam Bam Gordy with. Buddy Roberts on the outside in our WWF Wilson Wrestling Federation tag title match. 
Then we get a real barn burner between the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiner, with special guest manager Scott Tudor. You got a lot of work going on next week, Scott. Hey, you got me booked to be busy next week. I know. <laughs> Versus Brock Lesnar, the Beast, and Sid Vicious with manager Paul Heyman. What a matchup of managers there, too, with Scott Tudor versus Paul Heyman. <laughs> and our final match will be the four horsemen of Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and Barry Windham with J.J. Dillon versus Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning and a team that he has assembled to help him in his battle against the horsemen. We look forward to bringing you all the action. Hope you guys enjoyed our fantasy wrestling. And uh, you can continue to follow us on uh, Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney, which I need to give Scott credit. I mean, I need to call this wrestling Living the Dream with Ben and Scott. But the website is benandrodney.com. And of course, Rodney is my bulldog. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. So Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show, giving the insight and uh, appreciate the commentary. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me be a part of the entertaining card of SummerSlam and Wilson Wrestling Federation. Yep. And remember, folks, it's all fantasy. We're doing it for fun. So please don't sue us. This is a use of the music, at least, for the Fair Use Doctrine of the Trademark Act. Since I am a lawyer, I wanted to disclose that. But you just can't have some of these matches without some type of music. So Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.